All right, folks, uh, <laughs> this is my first shot at, uh, at doing this. Uh, for the most part, when I've been conducting myself on screen so far, it's been in conversation with James. And so uh, th this is a new thing uh, for me. So I'm, I'm feeling a little um, weird, um, inadequate, but, uh, but here's, here's my first online sermon. But uh, <laughs> I wanna start with a story. Uh, a few years back, I, I spent a weekend with uh, some friends up at, uh, up at a cabin, good group of friends, and we were really enjoying ourselves. We were uh, eating well, we were having fun, um, and the weekend was coming to a close. We were just finished lunch. I had made homemade chili. Uh, I had had two helpings. It was good. And we packed up and we were making our way uh, down to uh, Victoria again. And we'd been on the road for about an hour. Uh, when we had to stop. Uh, we were in a minivan and, and there was a baby in the minivan and, and uh, we needed to change a diaper. You could smell the poopy piper, uh, the, the diaper. So we, we pulled over to an A&W uh, parking lot and uh, we all got out to stretch our legs. And immediately uh, the, the wafing smell of onion rings hit our senses. It, uh, it hit our nostrils. And there were three or four of us that were kind of just standing around and we looked at each other and, and we uh, instantly went inside. Like without much thought, uh, we went inside, we all bought onion rings and we scarfed them down uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, we, we were in a hurry, you know, we had to get going on the road again. And, and besides, you know, fast food never tastes good cold, right? So we just scarfed these down and we got back in the car <laughs> and like as we were leaving, uh, we weren't feeling too great. Uh, and it wasn't our conscience, right? <laughs> this is, we literally were feeling gross. We just scarfed down this fast food. Uh, whatever felt good about that experience, and you've had this experience probably yourself, like with fast food, you know, whatever we were feeling at that moment faded very, very quickly. So today, the, the sin that we are reflecting on is, is gluttony. Uh, we're talking about gluttony, folks. Uh, and like oversimplification is never a good thing when we're talking about vices, when we're talking about deadly sins. Uh, sin is always kind of a complex thing. It's multi-layered, multifaceted, and, and um, it hits us on various different levels. But I think defining this term uh, well is, is really important. So I want to say two things uh, about gluttony uh, pretty, pretty quickly, two things here. The first is that when we're talking about gluttony, particularly with regards to food, we are not saying that enjoying food is wrong. The Bible is food positive. In fact, the Jews, uh, in, in, their, in their deliverance by God, it, it's remembered, right, through the Passover meal. Uh, and that is good food. They're enjoying lamb together. They're enjoying uh, a robust meal. Uh, for the early church, communion was often celebrated around common tables with shared food. Um, and so when you read Genesis to, to Revelation, we see feasts, we see the enjoyment. Um, uh, the Bible is a food-positive document, and our desire for good things is rooted in our God-given and God-created nature. God has created for us a superabundant uh, world, a, a, a superabundant uh, cosmos and creation, and there's all kinds of good things within the created order for us to explore, uh, and enjoy, including what hits our, our taste buds. Uh, gluttony, and here's my defining way of talking about gluttony, gluttony has, has more to do with the manner in which we consume. Okay, It's the manner in which we consume involving an excessive desire for instant satisfaction and the unrestrained pleasure of immediate gratification. 
I know that sentence was was a, a mouthful, so let me just say it to you again. Uh, gluttony has more to do with the manner in which we consume things, uh, it, it involving an excessive desire for instant gratification and the unrestrained pleasure of immediate gratification. Okay, the second thing I want to say about gluttony is this. It's not just about food, right? Uh, it's about all kinds of, of goods and experiences and pleasures that we consume excessively. Now, we know in North America we have a problem with overconsumption. Uh, North America makes up about 5% of the global population and we consume about 20% of the world's resources. Now, I know that's just numbers, so I just want to show you um, just a few uh, images here that can maybe maybe help you. Um, you know, here we have um, kind of a spatial geographical map. Most of us are familiar with this. This is the one that we kind of grew up with seeing on the wall at school. Uh, but if we were to expand or reduce this map for the sake of, of uh, what the population of the world looks like, it would look something like this. So see how... Um, see how large India is, right? See how uh, small Canada is. Canada is just that, that big, like that little blue strip at the top. And, and see what it does to uh, our thinking about things. Now, if we were to expand and reduce this for the consumption of resources in the world right now, it would look something like this. See how it all changes. Look at Africa. Look at uh, South America and look at North America. Um, so a very, very different looking uh, picture if we think about it in various different ways. Again, we make up 5% of the global population. We consume 20%, 26% of the world's resources. Uh, so our, our global economy right now is, is creating a privilege for some and, and exploitation uh, for others. And we know today even that over, over consumption is, is destructive toward the creation itself. Now, you probably know all of this. I, you know, the statistics are kind of depressing, um, but I would argue that there is a disconnect uh, between our knowing these things and our daily practices as Christians, especially within our North American landscape. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes, but take, take just my, my example of my, of my onion ring story. You know, I know my stomach is full when I get out of the van, but suddenly my nose, my, my taste buds, and my stomach are, are feeling some kind of muscle memory. Something physiological is even probably happening at that moment. And without any reflection, I'm eating onion rings. So on a superficial level, you know, on a way that I'm not reflecting, but maybe on a, on a bit of a more of an unconscious level, an impulsive desire uh, level, I, I have a desire. And I'm thinking those onion rings are going to satisfy that desire. Now, I know better. But something, something impulsive has taken over. And that something is really hard to spot. Again, sometimes it's, it's, it's physiological, um, but I think it's also a cultural thing. And, and, and it's a cultural thing that we're often blind to. Now, what do I mean by cultural things that, that form us? Um, David Wallace, Foster Wallace, he, he tells us this interesting parable, right? There are these two young fish and they're swimming along and they happen to meet an older fish coming toward them. And they nod at the old fish and, and the old fish looks at, at the two younger fish and says, morning boys, <laughs> how's the water? And the two young fish swim away for a bit. But eventually one looks over at the other and he says, what's the heck, what the heck is water? Yeah, 
cultural is the, the, the water that we swim in. And so often we are unaware of the values that are forming us and our habits around consumption. We don't think our way to gluttony. We're not victims, but we don't think our way to it. We're trained into gluttony. And, and these habits have been formed and learned over a long period of time. Uh, Timothy Wilson, who is, is a psychologist from the University of, of Virginia, he suggests that, that only 5% of our daily actions are conscious, deliberate choices. We have free will, we just don't use it, right? The rest is habit. 95% of what we do is habit. It, it's not a deliberate, conscious, daily decision. So we need to do a better job at attending to these desires, particularly around these impulsive ones. You know, we need to build two things. What are these desires? And how are we seeking to satisfy them? Now, this applies to things well beyond food, right? A lot of things we approach, we, we approach impulsively. Uh, like recreational experiences, like sex. Um, this can even include things like church. People can get drawn into looking for a church uh, where they experience something that's quick, something that's easy, something that is convenient and requires very little in terms of commitment, but promises to satisfy some sort of uh, spiritual euphoria. Now, I'm prepared to be corrected on this. <laughs> Uh, we don't get everything right at, at, at Holly Dean. Um, but one thing I do love is that I don't think most of you approach our church community like it's some kind of product to consume. I don't feel like I'm, as a pastor, I'm, I'm dispensing religious goods and services and that I have to keep on top of these things. As a pastor, I've been in these environments before and trust me, it's exhausting. Yeah, maybe because in a matter of speaking, our Holly Dean product is mediocre. I, I don't know. But, but like many of you right now, I, I'm longing for community. I desire community. I'm starving, in a manner of speaking, to be in proximity with you and to experience community with you, to worship together, to, to, to drink coffee with the university students ahead of time and discuss the latest ideas, or, or to be with the kids at the front shaking our, our percussion instruments, or, or to be um, listening to some of you pray. That just nurtures my, my heart and my soul. I love it when we open up the floor to the community uh, for conversation. And I love it at times when we can engage in missional initiatives together. These are good desires. And I think, again, I'm prepared to be corrected on this, but I think they're forming us well and, and they're forming us rightly. And it's my prayer that if this is a strength of ours, that we will guard that strength and continue not to be a community of consumption, but to really be a community of gratitude for one another especially in these crazy times. And, and as we're missing one another, that longing to be together, it's not bad. That's good desire. And I pray that that longing will even grow. So as we begin to center ourselves in this vice, in this deadly sin, um, in this distraction, as, Jesus, uh, as James would call it, um, and, and as we draw Jesus into that place, and welcome this experience, in a matter of speaking, and this distracting impulse. And we rest there with Jesus. We pause and reflect. We can be asking ourselves, what would Jesus say? 
You know, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe Jesus would say, you're hungry. And that's good. Discipleship isn't so much about what we know and what we think. Discipleship is about what we desire, what we're hungry for, what we're longing for, what we're thirsting for. And I think he speaks to that directly, to that true hunger in John uh, chapter 6, verse 23, sorry, 32 through 35. Jesus is just speaking to a group of people that he has fed literally with bread and fish. And this, this 5,000, you know, they've been following him. They're, they're, they're hungry. Their stomachs are empty. They're, 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 it's grumbling. And, and, and maybe they're even beginning to panic. And, uh, you know, as often people are panicking today when we're entering into grocery stores. You know, they just, just that kind of that, 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 that gnawing feeling. And, and Jesus uh, takes these elements and he prays over them. And, and, and he gives them literal food to feed their stomachs. And then Jesus says to them, Moses gave you bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Now the crowds respond, right? Because they've just been fed. And I think they're, they're thinking more literally when Jesus is maybe talking a little bit more spiritually and metaphorically and analogically. And, but, but, but they're thinking about their stomachs and they're like, yeah, like always give us this bread. Now you got to remember they're living in a very different time than ours where, where daily bread is, is a literal prayer, not, not, a, uh, not a spiritual analogical prayer. They're really praying literally that their food, their, their stomachs would be fed. Um, and so they're distracted by this and they're thinking about that bread and they're wanting more and Jesus says to them I this isn't the bread of life I'm the bread of life and whoever comes to me will never grow hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty I think, I think Jesus looks at us and he says you're hungry and that's good and he's saying I'm enough, but my way is not quick and it's not easy. And what I'm longing to satisfy is not a superficial appetite that, that, that will be satisfied in a moment and gone later in the day. What I'm seeking to satisfy is a deeper desire. So slow down, slow down and enjoy me. But I gotta confess, like sometimes I feel like I'm that 5,000. Maybe you feel uh, this way too, you know, like, like you think about the, the Christian life, the life of discipleship, you reflect on your own journey with Jesus and, and, and you confess, like, I have hungers and longings that are not being met. I'm still feeling unsatisfied. You know, the old rocker Mick Jagger, right? I can't get no satisfaction or, or still an older rocker like Bono saying, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Or maybe even the ancient philosopher that wrote Ecclesiastes. That says, I'm chasing after all of these things and, and to satisfy me, and I still can't find it. I have hungers, I have, I have thirsts, I have deep desires, I have longings. They're just not being met. They're just not being satisfied. I can't get no satisfaction. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. Dust in the wind. You know, you, you can just kind of go on and go on. It, it's part of the human condition, I think, that there are longings in our lives, that on this side of eternity, well, they're just, we have a foretaste but, but they just remain unsatisfied. I need a poet with me right now to, to, to help me explain this and describe this for you. But, you know, we, we can pray in the middle of this, right? Because, because we, we look at what marketers are trying to do to satisfy us, right? And, and all those sexy people on the beer commercials, like they look so 
fit, <laughs> but, but they're happy and they seem to be enjoying the good life. We know it's not working, right? The poets are right. The philosophers are correct. Uh, the, the mystics are telling us that there, there's, there's just this thirst, there's this hunger. And the way that we can approach this is to say, Lord, help me discover what I'm ultimately hungry for. Reveal that to me. I surrender myself in this moment. I'm going to slow down. And I'm really going to reflect on what I'm ultimately hungry for. And even confess in the middle of that, right? We can just say, Lord, I, I know you are the bread of life and, and, and I believe that on a certain level. But sometimes I lack the faith and my actions do betray me. I fail. And forgive me and free me from the guilt. Because right? your grace, remind me, and your, your love is always bigger, always bigger than my shortcomings on this front. But I open myself to you. Help me to slow down and to reorient my desires to what is truly life-giving. C.S. Lewis wrote, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, he would say, foolish, with, uh, fooling about with, with drink and sex and ambition when ultimate joy is offered us. And he concludes this quotation by saying, we are far too easily pleased. So may we take time to slow down. And, and you know, we're living in a time where that's, that's possible right now. Slow down as you're making your food. Enjoy, uh, you know, if you're single living at home, like pick up that, that coffee or, or, or that, 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 that chicken or whatever it is that you're making and, and, and talk with some friends. To open up FaceTime, Skype. Zoom, talk to people. You know, if you're, if you're inhabiting a room with people, like to spend some time around the table. Enjoy the food, slow down. If we think about our other desires right now, maybe things that we can't be indulging in right now because we're confined um, to, to, to physical isolation from one another. Like maybe we can take this time to really reflect on those things. I say, what is good? What is longing? What is meaningful? Where am I finding truth, goodness, and beauty? And ultimately take these things to Jesus. Jesus, you are the source of life. You are the bread of life. And Lord, we pray that in this time, uh, we can find you in the midst of our anxieties. Um, and we can re reflect on those things that, we, that, that, that we, we impulsively go toward in a superficial way and in, in craving them and, and, and finding some, um, something in them, we are, we are missing the mark, we're missing you. May we come to you with that and rest with you, sit with you with that and find you speaking to us in the stillness. We pray this together in Jesus' name.